Yo, welcome back to the show. Today we are talking about how to use nutrition periodization for fat loss. So are you always training and dieting but never look like someone who's training and dieting? Really nutrition periodization is probably what you're missing. So nutrition periodization is a methodology that we use with all of our online clients. Now we found it to be much more effective than the traditional diet strategy of just cutting or bulking phases until you get as lean or as muscular as you want. See, following these traditional approaches usually results in one of two outcomes. One, when dieting, you spend six to eight months dieting but never achieve the lean, strong physique you want. At the end of the diet, you're exhausted, your body looks more quote-unquote skinny fat than lean and strong, and you're confused as to why, once again, dieting quote-unquote doesn't seem to work for you. When bulking, you spend months eating lots of food and watching the scale go up. At the end of your bulk, you realize most of your added quote-unquote bulk is fat, not muscle. You wasted months getting a lot fluffier with very little to show for it. And really, we believe hardworking clients like you deserve better for all your efforts. You shouldn't have to feel like you're always working harder than everyone else, but never seeing the results. And this is exactly why we created this unique nutrition periodization approach. So when applied properly, it will help you build more muscle, get leaner, and stay healthier than any other nutrition protocol you followed. Best of all, your results will be much easier to sustain permanently. So first and foremost, we need to dive into what is nutrition periodization? So we like to define nutrition periodization as simply using different phases of nutrition instead of always dieting to get or stay leaner, build more muscle, and maintain healthier hormones along the way. Again, by using a phased approach to your physique goals, whether they're losing fat or building muscle, you can offset many of the negative adaptations that come from the traditional cutting or bulking approach. So over the course of months, or as long as you're coaching with us really, we'll cycle you as a client in and out of these different phases of nutrition. Primer phases, fat loss phases, diet breaks, reverse diets, maintenance phases, building phases, and mini cuts. Now, all these phases support each other and synergistically push you as a client closer to your goal physique. Now, by the way, I'm referencing our clients a lot. If you do need one-on-one coaching to your physique goals, click the link in the show notes to apply to work with our team. So anyways, um, you're probably thinking, okay, so how do I actually apply this method to myself? Okay, so let's dig into an example of how we'd apply our method to an online client chasing fat loss while also keeping or ideally building muscle along the way. Okay, so again, we're gonna approach this phasically. Phase one is going to be a primer phase. So again, we're taking this from basically, we're taking you through the client journey here. So you're a client that is brand new working with us. Now, in the primer phase, if you're new to tracking macros, which is something we require all of our online clients to do, or the lifestyle required for physique development, trying to jump right into a fat loss phase will set you up for almost immediate failure. So instead, many of our online clients, but not all, depending on how experienced you are and your dieting history, will start the fat loss process in the primer phase. Now, it's not something you hear a lot of coaches or dieters talk about, but it's vital for your fat loss success once you start the diet. So a quick overview of the primer phase. The goal here isn't to lose fat. We want to get you consistently hitting your macro and fiber targets, improve food quality, make sure you're hitting your movement goals, um, feeling well-fueled in your training, and fully recovered from your previous diet. All this will make your upcoming fat loss phase much easier and more successful. You can essentially think of this as the driver's education course you had to take before earning your driver's license. 
So to get a little bit deeper into the primer phase, um, in this phase we're doing a lot of psychological and physiological work to prime your body and mind to create the best fat loss result possible when you enter the fat loss phase. So this starts with one, creating your tailored diet structure. Now one of the biggest keys to fat loss success is individualization. The diet needs to fit your unique goals, current body composition, hormones, and more. So after our initial discovery call with clients, plus a very in-depth questionnaire and assessment of your food logs and diet slash nutrition history, um, we'll use this information to create your customized nutrition protocol. So the key things we take into account when building an online client's nutrition protocol are lifestyle, diet and history, food preferences, personality type, desire rate of progress, stress, career, current biofeedback, time investment, activity levels, and preferred style of training. So this ensures that out of the gate, your diet is not only one you can stick to for the duration of the fat loss phase, but also one that will yield the best possible physical result. Next, we're teaching you the right way to track macros with ease and accuracy. So if you've ever spent months tracking your food and eating what seemed to be a very low amount of calories based on every online calculator you've seen, but you still weren't losing weight, then you'll understand that most of us just haven't been taught the right way to track your macros accurately, which leads to people often saying, I've only been eating a thousand calories per day for months and I still can't lose weight. Now macros are a great tool for improving your physique, but only if you know how to track them correctly. We also don't want your tracking to feel life consuming. So we use the primer phase to teach you how to make social events work, apply the principles of flexible dieting, and learn the macro tracking hacks you need to make this process easier and more sustainable. Really my client Aline comes to mind here. Um, someone who really, her first eight weeks of us working together, we were basically just in a primer phase, priming her for fat loss and really practicing the flexible dieting side of things. Because um, for her, like the lifestyle flexibility was a huge piece that she wanted to maintain. So that was a longer than normal primer phase that we took, but she had a lot of traveling going on. Um, and we had deduced before starting that maintenance during that time was probably the best approach. Now, the cool thing about that is, now that she's in a fat loss phase, she's absolutely crushing it. One, because we spent a long time preparing her body for fat loss, but two, because we worked on the skill of flexible dieting. So she can still do things like go out with her friends on a Friday night or a Saturday night and work flexible foods into her nutrition. So it is really cool to see how this pays off with clients. Um, but anyways, our next priority here in the primer phase is finding your maintenance calorie intake. So before we can prescribe fat loss macros, we need to know what amount of food you can eat to maintain your current body composition. This is what we're determining in the primer phase so you can enter the fat loss phase eating as much food as possible while losing at the desired rate. Now your maintenance calories are often increasing through the primer phase as you're eating more protein, which burns more calories during digestion versus the other macros, eating more whole foods, which burn more calories during digestion than processed foods, and we're better matching your macros to your training. So the more food is being used for fueling and recovery from training versus being partitioned to fast storage. So time focus on maintenance in the primer phase is advantageous because it often allows you to start the fat loss phase eating more food than you would have been able to if you just jumped right into the fat loss phase. So this means better training, more muscle, and better hormones in the fat loss phase. And next, we are focusing on teaching you better food selection for your goals. So first, you need to understand that a healthier body is a more responsive body. 
So we'll be spending a good amount of time working through your food logs to ensure you're getting the right dose of important nutrients to health like fiber, fatty acids, vitamins, and more. This allows you to feel, perform, and recover better from your training versus what you were capable of before. As a whole, it makes losing fat and building muscle easier. And in general, food quality is such an important part of building a great physique that is often overlooked by macro coaches. Um, we also want to teach you how to make dieting easier by keeping hunger levels lower with smart food selection. So depending on your food choices, really a thousand calories can feel like a lot of food or very little. So the example that we provided in a blog on the same topic was you could have 20 grams of mixed seeds, uh, 250 gram filet steak, and 17 Brazil nuts for a thousand calories, or you could have 25 strawberries, 143 blueberries, 100 grams of chicken breast, 110 grams of a tuna steak, three apricots, 100 grams of kidney beans, 100 grams of watermelon, three mini peppers, 100 grams of cherries, 100 grams of broccolis, a half a cucumber, 20 grams of mixed seeds, and a shit ton of spinach for 1,000 calories. Um, <laughs> so just to compare again. That it, this is another very important piece of it. Basically, we're teaching you how to choose foods that make you full for relatively low calories. Overeating, even after you're done with your diet and just want to maintain, will become much harder if you can just start focusing on more satiating foods consistently and increasing food volume consistently. So basically, this makes your new and improved physique at the end of the fat loss phase much easier to keep long term. And then finally, in the primer phase, we're focusing on improving consistency within daily movement targets. So the biggest difference between the metabolism of lean and obese individuals has been found to be NEAT, or non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So NEAT is all of your movement outside of the gym that burns calories. So things like pacing, blinking, doing laundry, etc. Now studies have shown there's a huge amount of variability in calories burned through NEAT from person to person. Um, a study by Black et al. in 1996 actually found that this variability could range up to 2,000 calories burned per day difference. So basically, um, resting metabolic rate or RMR is the amount of calories your body burns at rest. So even if you stayed in bed all day, your RMR would stay the same. Now in the study, calories burned from RMR, which is again, something you don't have a lot of control over, were in a very similar range from person to person. But the amount of calories people burned through NEAT caused massive differences in total daily calorie burn, again, up to 2000 calories per day. Now, when you start a fat loss phase to counteract the decrease in calories, your body subconsciously reduces NEAT. This means you're eating less, but also burning less. Now, this is another common reason people can eat very low calories and still not lose fat. So before we put you in a fat loss phase, we must first ensure you're consistently hitting a daily movement target. Now, a daily step goal is what we use with our online clients, and you just track that in your accountability tracker. This means nothing is left unaccounted for when it comes to your fat loss success. And then the actual last piece of the primer phase is recovering from your last diet. So depending on how long ago you dieted and how lean you got, the primer phase is a must to set you up for another successful fat loss phase. The recovery of many hormones such as testosterone, cortisol, and thyroid hormone, along with your metabolism and regaining lean mass, which is a big part of your metabolism, doesn't happen overnight. The harsher and more recent your previous diet was, the longer you need to spend in the primer phase. Um, in some cases, you shouldn't be dieting for the foreseeable future, 
and you might push you to undergo a building phase instead. And really, uh, this is a situation that comes up quite frequently with new online clients who actually want to start focusing on fat loss. And we'll talk through their dieting history, and they've been dieting for months and months and months already, if not years. Um, biofeedback is just absolutely awful. They are struggling with performance in the gym. They don't have nearly as much muscle as they want. And the most advantageous thing we can do for your body in that position is often actually enter a building phase. Focus on feeding you more for a long period of time. Focus on adding lean muscle tissue to your frame. And then when we go back into a diet, your body will be in a much better place to lose fat. And you'll like how your body looks better when you get leaner due to the additional muscle tissue also. So um, pretty common scenario that we come across within coaching. Now, in most cases, the primer phase can take anywhere from two to four weeks, depending on where you're coming from. And again, not all clients will need it, but like all things within physique development, it's highly individualized. Now, if you don't have the foundation of the primer phase, success in the fat loss phase will be unlikely, which is the most important thing to remember here. So next, let's get into phase two, which is the fat loss phase. Now, this is really the only phase of nutrition periodization most are already well-versed with. The fat loss phase, when approached and planned correctly, yields the quickest visual changes. But you need to understand that it is also creating a huge amount of stress, both physically and psychologically, which is why periodization, instead of just quote-unquote always dieting, is so important. So really, look at fat loss like a road trip. Fat loss phases are where you're actually losing body fat. They're like the actual time spent driving down the highway. Primer phases, maintenance phases, diet breaks, and refeeds are the tools we use to help you maintain the results you achieved in the fat loss phases long term. They're like breaks at the gas station, mechanics, and rest stops. So for a deep dive into the fat loss phase, first we need to touch on rate of loss. So really there are tons of variables here, but generally most will do best aiming to lose 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week. Dropping below this rate of loss makes sense for those looking to build muscle simultaneously. Um, going above this rate makes sense for those with a lot of weight to lose. But again, generally 0.5 to 1%. For most everyone who has somewhere between five and 35 pounds to lose, I'd say 30 pounds to lose is a very generalized number. Aiming to lose about 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week makes the most sense. Next, we need to discuss calorie cycling in the fat loss phase. So calorie cycling simply means you have higher and lower calorie days throughout the week. Now there's nothing magic about calorie cycling for fat loss. Total calories consumed at the end of the week are the same. It won't make much difference whether you cycle calories or not. You'll have lost the same amount of fat. But since most of our online clients are chasing not just fat loss, but body composition improvements, meaning that you're also building or excuse me, the building or maintaining muscle is just as much a priority as losing fat, calorie cycling can help clients train harder, recover better, and in the diet with a better body composition. So a few different strategies we use. First, we have single day refeeds. So here you're spending six days in a deficit, i.e. 700 calories below your maintenance intake, followed by one day at your maintenance calories. Now this increase in calories will come primarily from carbs as this will help refill your muscle glycogen stores. So basically think carbs that are stored in your muscle that will help fuel your training. Um, it's smart to put these days before or on your hardest training day of the week as you'll be able to push harder and recover better with the increase in muscle glycogen stores. 
Now, if you're more concerned with lifestyle flexibility versus optimizing your training, you'll likely want to use this over the weekend for a bit more food flexibility. But again, I would say most ideally, we are going to be using this as a way to fuel better training and better recovery. Okay, so next up, we have high low days. So to completely optimize your training and body composition changes, this can be a very effective approach. Basically, we're increasing calories, again, via carbs on training days and keeping them lower on rest days. So basically here, we're simply matching the times your body needs the most food slash carbs with the times that we're feeding you more, which of course allows for better performance and recovery and feeding you a bit less on days that your body needs less food to push along your fat loss at a quicker rate. And very similarly, on again, on our training days, we know that more of that food that we're taking in is going to be used as fuel or is going to be shuttled towards your muscles post-workout. So again, it's gonna put us in a more advantageous position from a muscle building perspective and from a fat loss perspective. Now, all that said, none of this is one size fits all. Many of our clients straight up just find it easiest to be consistent, just eating the same amount seven days per week. Next, monitoring biofeedback in the fat loss phase. So, when you're in a fat loss phase, we need to keep a close eye on your biofeedback. This is really how we measure how close you are to a quote-unquote fat loss wall um, or how soon you'll need to transition to the next phase of nutrition periodization, basically. So some sure signs that it's almost time to transition out of a fat loss phase include multiple weeks of one high hunger levels. So some hunger is normal for dieting and a good sign that you're eating fewer calories than you're burning. That said, we usually want this to be somewhere on a 2.5 out of 3 or to 3.5 out of 5 scale. So once clients are consistently getting into that 4 to 5 range, we know it's probably time to change phases as constantly high hunger makes the diet hard to adhere to for most. Now that said, context is super important here. So if you're already pretty lean and trying to get leaner, it's likely that you'll just have to deal with a good amount of hunger. That's part of pushing your body below a comfortable level of body fat. Next, high cravings. Again, some cravings are normal in a fat loss phase, but when these are consistently high, adherence and results start to suffer. Low motivation. When clients start ranking their motivation one to three out of five, I know they're starting to accumulate a lot of diet fatigue, and poor mood. Similar to motivation, when a client consistently starts to rank their mood poorly in their biofeedback tracker, we know that the diet is starting to take its psychological toll and it's near time to transition out. So a good rule of thumb we use for most online clients is one to two weeks at maintenance for every six to 12 weeks of dieting. Which brings us into phase three, the diet break phase. So in a nutshell, Diet breaks reduce hunger and have lots of psychological benefits that make it easier for you to be extremely consistent with your diet once you get back to it. A diet break is a 3-14 to 14 day period of eating more calories. Now the goal here isn't to gain or lose fat, simply to eat at your maintenance calorie intake. Now usually this increase in calories is coming primarily from eating more carbohydrates. So to take a deeper dive into the diet break, first you're probably asking the question, why take a diet break if my goal is to lose fat? Isn't that counterintuitive? All right, so a couple of reasons here. First, diet breaks refill muscle glycogen stores. As discussed before, muscle glycogen is essentially carbohydrate stored in your muscle and liver. Now, having larger stores of this is beneficial to your ability to train hard, but of course, as carbs get limited on a diet, muscle glycogen stores decrease, which can in turn hurt your ability to train hard. So taking a diet break allows you to refill muscle glycogen stores and improve training quality dramatically. 
Next, we know that diet breaks seem to decrease hunger. A recent study on one week diet breaks by Jackson Pios and colleagues called the Ice Caps Trial seem to show they're an effective tool to decrease hunger and desire to eat. A decrease in hunger, of course, means that it will be easier to stick to your diet again once you get back to the fat loss phase. So it may seem like taking a step back to take a diet break, but really they usually allow you to be done dieting sooner because you're able to stick to the plan more consistently after taking a pit stop rather than trying to grind it out. The people you know who have been dieting for years and still haven't achieved the results they want are also the ones that refuse to take a diet break. I'm definitely going to turn that into a tweet. Alright, um, now the reality is there hasn't been a ton of research on diet breaks in the sense we're talking about here, but along with the aforementioned ice caps trial, we have a few others that are pretty promising. So there was a study from 2003 that set out to prove that longer diet breaks would actually be detrimental to weight loss. However, they found out there wasn't a statistically significant difference in weight loss between groups that continuously dieted and those that took diet breaks for the same period of time. So the diet break group spent less total time dieting, but lost the same amount of weight as those who dieted nonstop. We have the infamous Matador study. Now this study had two groups on a diet. Group one followed the diet for 16 weeks straight in a 33% calorie deficit. Group two dieted in a 33% calorie deficit followed by two weeks at maintenance calories. They alternated between the two until they had completed 16 total weeks of dieting. So it took them twice as long. And at the end of the study, the diet group lost more fat, more weight, and seemed to see less adaptation in their metabolisms. Now that was a small difference in adaptation between their metabolism, but still there was some difference. Finally, we have the diet breaks slash refeed study from Bill Campbell. Um, this study took two groups through a seven week diet. Group one ate in a 25% calorie deficit for seven weeks straight. Group two ate in a 35% calorie deficit five days per week, but every weekend increased calories to maintenance levels via carbohydrates. So the weekly deficit for both groups was equated. They followed this pattern for seven weeks. Now both groups lost about 5.5 pounds of fat. Um, now, one of the main takeaways from this study was that seemingly one group had maintained more muscle than the other. That said, the way they went about the DEXA scans, um, basically had one group measured in a very depleted state, which would kind of skew the amount of muscle mass that DEXA would show. So, personally, I don't think that that's an actual takeaway from the study. But basically, the point of the study was both one group took diet breaks, the other group didn't. Um, and the group that took diet breaks, they didn't seem to hurt their fat loss when they equated calories, right? So it's a net neutral at worst. And really, I would say as well that this is just a two-day repeat study, not a full diet break study. When it comes to diet breaks, again, three to 14 days, it does make sense that interspersing periods of time where we're eating food, um, refilling muscle glycogen stores, we're able to train harder and again, just periodic, periodically eat more, would allow us to retain more lean muscle mass. So if we can maintain more lean mass, we'll have a faster metabolism. If we can eat more food, the thermic effect of food will be higher. Um, meat will be higher. If we have more lean mass and calories burned through exercise will be higher. So basically all this adds up to diet breaks potentially leading to us maintaining a faster metabolism while dieting. Now, most individuals with um, less than 10% 10 to 15% of their total body weight to lose will be able to achieve their fat loss goals by alternating between one to two fat loss phases and one to two diet break phases before moving on to the next phase, which is the reverse diet. 
Now, the worst thing you can do is go into the post-diet period without a plan. This is a sure recipe for rebounding weight, which is exactly where the reverse diet comes into play. So we're bringing clients back to their new maintenance calories ASAP in a reverse diet, and then seeing how high we can get maintenance calories within what's needed for the client um, without fat gain. So for a deep dive into the reverse diet, again, one of the most common mistakes a lot of people make is trying to reverse diet way too slowly and often trying to stay at an unhealthy level of leanness. What ends up happening is you spend months extra in a deficit, which usually correlates to feeling and training terribly. This leads to months of wasted time that could have been productive training and making progress in the gym. Now the reality is we all have a certain body fat percentage we need to be at to feel good, train hard, and actually allow our body to prioritize building muscle. Now, no amount of reverse dieting can make up for the fact that if you're sitting below this point, you won't build muscle, feel good, or have healthy hormones. So basically being a bit more aggressive coming out of the diet to a degree makes sense. When reverse dieting, you need to consider the desired outcome, which is to get your hormones and training back to a good place ASAP. Problem is, if you're just reversing out of a diet extremely slowly, you're still in a deficit for another 10 to 20 weeks. This means another 10 to 20 weeks where hormones and training suck until we eventually reach maintenance and then your body can finally start to recover. So unless your goal is simply to maintain, the sooner you can get back to productive training, the sooner we can get back to building the physique you want long term. So spending actual time eating more food and building muscle is the best way to increase your metabolism and make getting lean easier in the future. Next time you get lean, you'll have more muscle mass, even if you don't lose fat. Increased muscle mass decreases your body fat, which will make looking lean easier. So kind of a long tangent, but it's important to understand for those that have like gone through a process where maybe, okay, every week we're gonna add five grams of carbs, right? And it's like a, now, this isn't to say that you have to add fat back, which we'll dig into this in just a moment as well. Um, I don't want that to be misconstrued that like, now if you got like bodybuilding stage lean or sometimes even photo shoot lean, basically if we get to the point where um, biofeedback is suffering upon returning your calories to maintenance, okay, then you probably do need to, or upon like finding the upper end of your maintenance upon, after a couple of weeks of reverse dieting, biofeedback is still significantly suffering. Okay, you probably do need to add fat back because that's probably a response to your body fat being so low because many of our hormones are actually a product of our fat cells. Um, but we'll get into that in just a moment. So let's start with what is a reverse diet. So reverse dieting is simply a way of finding how high we can push a client's calories post-diet without them gaining excess fat. This is helpful for two reasons. One, it makes it easier for clients who are content with their current bodies to keep their results. Basically, they know the most calories they can eat and maintain on. Two, it tells us where we need to set calories to hit a target rate of gain for clients entering a building phase. So when we start feeding you more and your body senses more energy coming in a post-diet, your metabolism will start to speed back up again because one, you're eating more so the thermic effect of food will be increased. Two, since you're eating more, you'll have more energy, so meat will increase. Three, due to increased energy, you'll also likely train harder and thus burn more calories. Four, many will add back some weight via muscle mass, muscle glycogen, and gut content. A heavier, more muscular body is one that'll burn more calories, both when moving and at rest. So what we're doing in the reverse dieting process is trying to match these gradual increases in metabolism with your calorie intake. So let's dive into a general outline of the reverse diet process we use with most clients. One, to start a reverse diet, 
So when you've achieved your fat loss goal, we'll start by bumping your calories to 80 to 90% of your new estimated maintenance intake. So let's say you started the diet 30 pounds heavier than you are now. So 30 pounds ago, you maintained your weight on 3,000 calories, but again, your metabolism slows across the diet. This means your new maintenance intake will be lower than your starting maintenance intake was, so don't jump back to where your maintenance calories were at the start of the diet. To make calculating your new maintenance easy, let's say you've been losing one pound per week for the last four weeks. We know that to lose a pound of fat, you need to be eating about 3,500 calories below your maintenance intake. And let's say you've been eating 2,000 calories per day. Since you're losing one pound per week, we know that you're about 3,500 calories below maintenance per week or 500 below maintenance per day. So we can assume to maintain your weight, you could eat 2,500 calories per day or um, 3,500 calories more per week than you are eating currently. So to start the reverse diet, we're going to bump you up to 80 to 90% of this estimated maintenance just to make sure you don't overshoot that and actually gain fat. Now we prefer this large initial jump with clients because being in a calorie deficit is very taxing both physically and psychologically. It's very stressful and not something you want to spend unnecessary time doing. So we're going to bump you up close to your new estimated maintenance as quickly as possible. Next, how to tell if a reverse diet is working. So here's what we're looking at with clients to gauge if the reverse diet is working. First, body weight. Now the first week of the reverse diet, most women will gain about one to three pounds. Most men will gain about two to four pounds. You're taking in more carbs and eating more total food. Glycogen stores are being refilled. So basically your muscles are going to take in more carbohydrates, which are also going to soak up more water. Now this will help training performance and recovery, so it's a good thing. Plus you literally just have more food weight slash gut content in your belly. But again, the thing to realize here is this weight gain isn't fat gain, it's the glycogen, water, and gut content. Next we're looking at measurements. So as always with our online clients, we're assessing how measurements are changing, not just looking at weight. Um, so basically we have our clients take measurements around the right bicep, the right thigh, hips, two inches below the navel, the navel, two inches above the navel, and the chest. So we're looking for these to more or less stay the same, except for the two inches below the navel mark. This is the measurement that's the most reactive to gut content. So it was normal for this to be up, or it is normal, I should say, for this to be up a bit in the first week of the reverse diet. Again, you literally just have more food in your belly. Now it's also normal week to week to see plus or minus 0.25, the 0.5 inch measurement increases or decreases, but they'll always bring themselves back to baseline over the next one to two weeks if you're truly at maintenance. So don't freak out if you see like a couple measurement sites go up a quarter inch or don't take too much sock and things going down a quarter inch. Basically you're eating more food here, you have more food variety here, thus we're a little bit more prone to fluctuations in measurements, whereas in a diet people are more likely to be eating the same foods consistently. Um, biofeedback. We want to see hunger and cravings decrease, motivation, energy levels, training performance and recovery improving. Mindset. Um, it's super important to stay just as focused and pay just as much attention to detail during the reverse diet as during the fat loss phase. And really, this is a big part of why being coached through the process yields such good results. This is how we get you to the point where you can maintain your current body composition at higher calories in the future, but you do absolutely have to attack this process with the same focus and attention to detail that you took into the diet. So next, when to increase calories in a reverse diet. 
So after week one of the reverse diet, we'll gauge how your body reacted to the jump in calories and adjust accordingly. Typically the first two weeks of the reverse, macros will stay the same. Now after the first week of initial increases, we're looking for measurements and weights to essentially stay stable during week two. Given weight and measurements stayed stable or biofeedback is still poor, we're gonna add another 50 to 150 calories, depending on the size of the individual, and see how your body does with this. Now through this entire process, we're constantly assessing your weight, body measurements, and biofeedback. How's your training performance? Um, is hunger decreasing? How's your mood? How's your motivation? All things that should be improving as we're feeding you more and more. Now for some online clients, this process can continue for quite some time, but most typically it'll last somewhere between six and 10 weeks. Now, as far as macros go, no matter the nutrition phase, clients are going to be aiming for somewhere between 0.8 and 1.5 grams of protein per pound body weight. Um, for fat intake, then we need to ask, so really like reverse diet, fat loss phase, building phase, this shouldn't change. For fat intake, we need to ask, are you below 0.3 grams per pound of body weight? We know that below this intake, hormone production is going to be less than optimal, and you're more likely to develop fatty acid deficiencies. So really think of 0.3 grams per pound of body weight as the fat threshold. So if you're below this mark, bumping fat up to 0.3 grams per pound of body weight or more will be the first priority when we do increase macros in the reverse diet. Now, if you're already consuming somewhere between 0.3 and 0.4 grams of fat, per pound of body weight, we're gonna start the reverse diet process by increasing carbs primarily. As long as you can check threshold boxes for protein and fat, um, increasing carbs will produce the quickest improvements in how you feel as a client. Training performance will improve, recovery is gonna be better, you're gonna have more energy, libido will increase, um, carbs decrease cortisol and aid hormone production as well, so stress is gonna be lower and you'll feel better all around basically. Now typically we'll increase carbs to 1.2 to 1.5 grams per pound of body weight, as the first priority and really i would say like at least 1.5 grams per pound of body weight as the first priority again assuming you're at the protein and fat thresholds now what we do from there is very much where the individualization aspect of online coaching comes in if you're more focused on continuing to, to improve your body composition which most of our online clients are we'll continue to drive carbs up if you're more focused on maintenance slash lifestyle flexibility we just ask do you prefer more carbs or more fat now, whichever you tend to prefer is what we're gonna increase more. Um, basically 75% of what you prefer and 25% of the other macro. And that said again, like most everyone we work with wants to continue to focus on improving their body composition. So typically most of our increases are coming from carbohydrates. So from there, now that said not to say like carbs are the only beneficial macro. And this is very person to person dependent. So be careful taking anything like this too far. For example, if we wanna focus on improving someone's digestion, a lot of times we can see that like, hey, if we ramp carbs up too high, digestion actually starts to suffer. And you, as an individual, might benefit from actually taking fats higher. When we take fats higher um, and decrease carbs slightly, we can still increase overall calories. This is beneficial for your health, beneficial for your ability to build muscle tissue. But since digestion is so much better, again, we can absorb more nutrients and again, build more than we could when digestion was so poor and um, your body wasn't able to assimilate all these nutrients. So that's more than just like blindly, hey, increase carbs, um, but just a couple things to consider. Okay, so from here, when to stop a reverse diet. Basically, there are two things to look for here. One, trunk measurements and weight should be staying relatively stable. So again, fluctuations of 0.25 to 0.5 inches are normal, 
but larger increases for multiple weeks or the same increases for multiple weeks really here like those 0.25 to 0.5 inch increases for multiple weeks tell us you passed your maintenance intake now most online clients will have a trouble spot they really wanted to focus on losing fat from during the diet be it like their waist their arms their thighs whatever it may be this seems to be the last place that said client loses fat from their body now it's likely that at the end of the client's diet phase um the result was us finally shedding the fat from their trouble spot and after that said client is content with their current level of leanness and ready to focus on maintenance now conveniently the last place we seem to lose from also seems to be the first place we regain it this means that in the case where your client is gaining a bit of weight but you think it could be lean muscle not fat it makes sense to look at measurement increases at the client's quote-unquote trouble spot as a sign that they're potentially gaining fat so for 90% of clients, it will be navel measurements, but occasionally it'll be hips. Um, and actually for some women, it will be arms. So if we start to see consecutive weeks of, that said on that note, like arms are a very hard one from a measurement perspective. Um, so that's a little bit more difficult. Typically in this case, it's gonna be, 99% uh, of the time it's gonna be uh, stomach, area, navel. So again, if we start to see consecutive weeks of measurement increases at the trouble spot, it's a good sign that the body fat is being gained. Next, biofeedback is normal. Again, we all have a certain body fat percentage floor. Below this body fat percentage, you'll struggle with hunger, being food focused, low energy, poor hormones, and building muscle is very unlikely. As we discussed, many of your hormones are a product of the amount of body fat you're carrying. So no matter how much food you're eating, you'll still feel shitty below your body fat floor. Well, you can dip below this floor for short periods of time, for example, for a photo shoot. Living below it is not healthy or sustainable. So the reality is occasionally clients will have to add back a bit of body fat in order to return biofeedback to healthy levels and quit feeling like a zombie. So if a client's biofeedback, um, which are weekly measures our clients submit for them is like sleep, stress, motivation, mood, training, performance, etc is still poor they likely need to continue the reverse diet that said again like this varies a lot if you got bodybuilding stage shredded you probably can't maintain that some people can get photo shoot lean and maintain that fine like my client julie is such a good example of this we've gotten her ready for two, two photo shoots in what the last three months um, we got her ready for a photo shoot, reverse dieted. The reverse diet has gone so well. She basically maintained her level of leanness and built muscle tissue over the next two months. We got her ready for another photo shoot that came out kind of randomly. She was leaner for that in the first one. And again, like a couple weeks later, she's maintaining her leanness. Almost a month later now, she's maintaining that same level of leanness. But again, her biofeedback is great. Hunger is low. We're feeding her more and more food and she's adding muscle tissue. So it really just depends on the person. Um, so to kind of wrap this up in a tiny package, an example for how this could be applied, this idea of nutrition periodization for fat loss is, okay, we have a starting point. Primer phase is going to be our first two weeks. From there, weeks three through 12, we're in a fat loss phase. Weeks 13 and 14, we're in a diet break phase. Weeks 15 through 22, we're in a fat loss phase again. We had our fat loss goal. Weeks 23 through 31 are a reverse diet, and then we enter a building phase or maintenance.
And that is how you can use our nutrition periodization method for more effective, healthier, and more sustainable fat loss. This is a very similar path to what many of our online clients follow. I would say this is probably uh, one of the two most common fat paths. The other most common approach would be like when someone starts with us, the other most common and probably more common would be a building phase first. Um, but we've seen this work time and again for some absolutely jaw-dropping physique transformations. So you're probably wondering, the diet and the diet after the diet is over. Now what? I would encourage you to not diet again for a long period of time because your physique actually improves in the time between diets when you're actually focusing on eating plenty of food and fueling performance. Within our online coaching service, we call this the building phase. This is a much more optimal position to build muscle from and your body only looks different from one diet to the next if you build muscle in the time between. Most people who struggle to get their bodies to change from one year to the next are simply spending too much time dieting and thus not able to build muscle. So if you're at a reasonable, comparable body fat, spending 75% of your year or more not dieting is a good rule of thumb for improving your body composition year to year. Now, if you're ready to take the guesswork out of achieving your best physique ever, click the link in the show notes to apply for online coaching with our team. You'll get the structure, accountability, and expert guidance you need through every step of the process. And that is what I have for you guys. As always, thank you for tuning in.